Today on the AF Podcast, the NBA is about a quarter of the way through its season already, being that the season is only 72 games this year. Unless, of course, your, your favorite team got ravaged through the COVID cancellations, but uh, we got to talk about it. So I invite back the co-founder of the Skills Refinement Group, O'Neal Kamaka, as you break down everything from the first part of the NBA season. We discuss our most surprising and disappointing players and teams of the season so far, share our MVP selections, how we feel about the NBA COVID protocols. Uh, plus, we discuss the overall sluggishness of the season and if teams are doing that on purpose. The struggle of the Toronto Bay Raptors, Bradley Beal, and so much more. Um, in case you weren't aware, my beloved South Survive is available wherever you listen to your podcast. Get familiar. Hit the like or the favorite button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Alexa, wherever you listen to your pods. Rate, review, and subscribe to all of the shows. And when you see those five stars, you should click on all of them for the sense of pride and purpose. You know what I mean? And you know why? Because it makes both of us feel good. You can't disagree with this. Follow your heart. Follow your heart. And keep in mind, next month, I'm, I'm going to be doing new episodes of The Stoop on the South Shirav YouTube channel. So go ahead from now and like and subscribe to the channel. I appreciate you already. And if you're in that flashback Friday mood and you want to check out some past episodes that go way back, go check out SouthShirav.com for my past content from movies and classic album reviews past seasons of the stoop and my story the raptors playoff episodes that we've done every year for the last four years go right ahead go right ahead check it out right now well after the podcast but yeah let's wait till after the podcast then you can go check it out all right so once again that's southshireav.com it's the av podcast with cal c on south Ave radio bradley bill we praying for you welcome to the av podcast with cal c on South Sharab Radio. Welcome to the Av Podcast. Uh, my guest today, well, as promised, we're, you know, we're bringing him back to discuss the first part of the NBA season. So let's say the first quarter of the NBA season so far. Uh, he's the co-founder of the Skills Refinement Group. And uh, a legendary baller for my generation for the, in the city of Toronto. He would probably glad you show you his skills if there was a gym that was open during this lockdown. But, you know, un unfortunately, that's not the case. Um, please welcome O'Neal Kamaka to the show. How are you doing today, sir? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Appreciate the kind words. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Uh, we got a lot to discuss today, man, because, you know, obviously we're discussing the first part of the season. We're recording this on uh, the one year anniversary of, uh, of Kobe Bryant's passing. You know, just offline, we were just sharing like where, where we were. And I think when I did an episode last year about this, I think, yeah, I, you know, I did have you on. I had you on yeah. to, the, to yeah. share your thoughts. But um, but just quickly, just quickly, um, I know you're a huge fan of him and stuff. But before we begin, like where where were you when you heard the news and thinking back on it uh, one year later from it? I was at home. But before I go to Kobe, I just wanted to give a shout out to one of our um uh, a rice and ram, John oh, Reed. Man. I don't know if you shouted out before. No, no, I, out. I, I did not actually. I was going to save him for last, but no, go ahead, do it now. It's fine. Yeah. So you know, I want to give a shout out to uh, John Reed. Um, you know, uh, I had the privilege. Obviously, we're the same age, but I grad. I was a grad. You know, sort of a grad assistant when I graduated university, and I came back home and 
um, became an assistant coach with Rice University, and that's obviously how I met you and yeah. uh, John Reed and you know, a couple other guys. And yeah. uh, you know, he passed away um, Monday. You know, it was so sad. It was Monday. It was Monday, right? No, it was uh, Thursday. Wednesday, oh, last Thursday, week. last week, last Wednesday, yeah, Thursday. Last week. Like yeah, last week, Wednesday, Thursday. You're right. And uh, yeah, it was uh, just so sad because he's a gentle giant, a really great guy. Yeah. And uh, you know, when I heard the news, I was you know, it was it was sad. You know, and he leaves behind uh, his beautiful wife, Abril, and her the two his two beautiful daughters. So I just want to give a shout out to John Reed, uh, you know, Rice and Ram, and. A uh, great basketball player, great human being, gentle soul, uh, great, great spirit, and uh, yeah, just wanted to give him my shout out. Um, no, sorry, before you me? even before you even jump into the Kobe thing, um, let me just add to that um, because everything you said, I'm in total agreement with when it comes to John. I think the what I loved about him is, as you said, he was a gentle giant, but he was a bit of a smartass, and me and him had some funny conversations. You know what I mean? Just just with his uh, his witty personality. That was like the underrated secret about him. You know what I mean? Where he was just, he was quick to crack a joke, especially with me. Like me and him always had this thing. But, um, but one of the things that I, I, uh, I'll never forget was, you know, that year that I, that, um, that we played together, at least a half year. Cause I had left, you know, I was going through my situation financially. I was struggling like during that period where it was university and, um, he went out of his way and I didn't really know him at that well at the time, but he went out of his way and he, and he helped me get, um, a job with him and we was, um, we were painting the soccer and football fields uh, in, in different areas in the, in the GTA. So we, we would get up like early, early Saturday morning and we would do the lines for the football fields and such. It was like, I can't remember the name of the schools, but it was definitely downtown. But uh, I never forgot that because, again, we, you know, we didn't really know each other that long, you know, but yet he, he went out of his way to do that. And ever since then, he was he's always been good in my book. You know, unfortunately, I haven't spoken with him and I didn't get a chance to obviously you know, talk with him before he passed, but like we didn't, I haven't spoken with him in a, in a while, but you know, it's just it, it, nothing but good memories. Every time I think of John, like that, that, that kind of hit me, you know, hard. And I know the last part I, I, I talked about, um, another friend of mine who, who passed away, um, just this past week. So this week was this last week that went by was, uh, was a rough one for me to be honest with you, man. Um, yeah. <laughs> and like, I, I was really kind of just to myself and despondent almost, man. So when I got hit with that, I was just like, Oh man, but um, but you know, but same thing. To, uh, condolences to to the to the Chambers Reed family, um, and to Avril and, and their children. You know, I, I wish them the very best. Anything we can do, you know, to to help them or put a little bit of ease. Like, hey man, we're we're here if you're listening. Um, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, O'Neal. Go ahead about Kobe. Yeah. So for me, you know, it was uh, um, I found out one of my players that I and train his dad called me and it was um, like we're talking about something it was a quick conversation but then at the end he was like oh, yeah you know kobe died did you hear kobe died it's like and just you know he, he was like what and it wasn't you know usually you're you know there's sadness in your voice when you you know you're giving back you know giving that kind of news and you just but it was just like a regular conversation you know and i was like what and i'm like no you didn't i'm like no you're not you're lying i don't believe you and then, you know, I uh, I just started turning on TVs, radios, and going on my phone, and, you know, information was still coming in. It was like, yeah, he, uh, you know, I was in my basement. It was a Sunday. It was close to uh, 1 o'clock because 
it happened early in the morning, their time, West Coast time. So it was around 12, 1 o'clock or when I was hearing about it. So, yeah, I was, yeah, man. And like I said, uh, the whole day, I did not stop crying. The I think the, it was two days of shedding tears. Because, you know, we, uh, the sad part about it is, and I, I think the part that really is hitting me the most is when you just keep hearing about what Kobe Bryant was doing after basketball. Yeah. I think that's what. It was interesting. Is. Yeah, it's just hitting me. It's just like over and over. It's like you have people from everywhere just coming up, like that he was that Kobe was. They were having a Kobe, like Kobe's calling them up. You know, people in different areas and all the players that he touched, um, that he had conversation with, and it was. You know, it was like we were just thinking of. You know, he's like a warrior. You know, and he just he loved the battle, and it wasn't personal, and you know, he just loved other warriors, other basketball players. And so you just, you know, that's what I, from hearing these guys talking, that's what I just think of. It just, you know, guys who just love to battle and you see other warriors and you just talk to them and you have conversations with them and you laugh. And that's what he was bonding with these guys. Are. And they, you know, he just, he didn't matter who it was, basketball players, non-basketball players, everybody, you know, he, he really impacted people and having conversations with them and talking to them. And even, you're hearing, um, who was it? Um, you know, somebody not even in basketball. Uh, somebody passed away, a loved one or a friend, and Kobe called them up and was the one that they were talking to. And this person wasn't even in the basketball world. And so it's just, you know, it, was, it it's sad. Um, and I think I said it last year. You didn't really put a word to it, but now it's just like Mamba mentality just, you know, when you hear about Kobe just not, ex- you know, having the audacity to do something and not accepting, not, you know, just not talking yourself out of it or having self-doubt or fear, you know, if you want to do something, just try it. You know, have the audacity to try it. And, you know, uh, and I think that's what my mom's mentality is, just just go, you know, not having fear. You want to do something, do it. Um, why not? See what happens. If somebody says no or you get rejected, it's okay, right? And so... No, that's what I really try to try to focus on it. Just the mom mentality, just not being afraid to take chances, not being afraid to try new op- look for new opportunities and go after it. So it's sad, and then obviously you know being a parent, when you think of and being a a girl dad, you know two daughters is so sad. Where you can imagine you know the what was going what was happening when when you know the pain must have been going down and. You know, all the other families that were on there too, like a mother, I think it was a, a mother, father, and a daughter. Yeah, so like a whole family. Yeah, so it's crazy, man. It, it's sad. Um, there's a singer named Richie Valen. There's a movie that came out called La Bamba. You ever remember, you remember <laughs> that movie? Of course I remember La Bamba. I, I saw that in the theater even as a little kid. Yeah, <laughs> and it, you know, that's how Richie Valen died, right? He died in a horrible yeah. plane crash. Right. And you know, he was at the time, he was, uh, you know, up, you know, he was up he made some good singer. music and had fans, and you know his life was tragically lost. I think it was him and the big bop, you know, uh, the big bop, like and Carl, and, and Aaliyah, like how Aaliyah died. Um, so it just it was just so sad, like people who, who touched us and died so soon in, in these tragic accidents. Yeah, we were um, as I was telling you before. Just I'll go quick, but we were. Um, I was hooping that afternoon so after the run was done um you know we're just a few of us are just hanging out in the gym just you know just slowly getting ready to leave and 
um, a friend of mine, he showed us a phone, showed us a picture showing that um, that Kobe Bryant passed. But we were like, because there was no article or anything attached to it, we were just like, ah, that's 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 BS. Don't even don't like delete that. Like, why even taking that on kind of thing, you know? And then a f- maybe a few minutes later, um, one of our friends, his, uh, daughter, his daughter called him. And we're not paying attention to the conversation. We're talking amongst ourselves. But then we overhear him say, yeah, we know we heard that, too. I don't know. Is that true? And then we all looked at each other. And at the same time, we all bolted for our phones in our, in our gym bag. And when I pulled out the phone, I saw about like between all the different chakras, I saw at least about 80 to 100 messages. And once I saw that, I was just before I even opened up any message, I was like, oh, no, oh, no, don't tell me this is this is true. And, you know, and unfortunately, I opened up my phone and I saw that it was. And yeah, that was just weird. It was just it was crazy, man. That whole situation was just it was crazy. I keep saying one of the things, though, was like because of how 2020 was and how this year went, this death actually feels like it happened four years ago and not last year. It amazes me that it was only a year ago that this happened um, because so much has happened in our lives just overall that it just it just seemed like it happened another lifetime ago. You know, which is yep. which is really strange. Usually, it usually doesn't it doesn't go it doesn't work that way. Usually, you're like, oh my gosh, like a year happened already, man. That's that was fast. This time it was like it felt like it was it happened years ago, which is oh, yeah. uh, which is unfortunate, you know. Um, and then yep. and then to even add to that, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with um, he used to be um longtime reporter and, and writer for NBA.com yeah. and um, Seku Smith. Yeah, you saw that right. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I was like, jeez, man, because you know he was good. Yeah. He was very, definitely good, great at what he did. You know, um, yeah, oh yeah. But that's Long, yeah, yeah. So I'm, you know, you see him on TNT a lot, covering NBA. Yeah, yeah, man, he's been around for a minute. I was sad to hear that as well. Yeah, this is this is crazy, man. Like this died today. Yeah, yeah. You know, unfortunately, you know, but it's uh, yeah, it's it's, well, it's, it's, it's a crazy it, time, it, man. It's so funny because. You would think that I remember because tomorrow is my birthday, and I remember at the beginning of the the month I was like, oh, I can't, I, I wonder when Kobe, I can't remember when Kobe died. I know he died in January, and for some reason I thought it was earlier in the month. And then I saw promos, you know, uh, for ESPN or whatever, saying that you know they're going to celebrate Kobe Bryant January twenty sixth, mm. and like I knew the day of the week, but I didn't know you know the exact day, the number. Yeah. So was it January twenty sixth, two thousand twenty? Kind of didn't remember the the day, but I uh, definitely won't forget. No, I don't think any of us will. Um, yeah, there's no there's no easy way to transition to this, but um, but you know, you know, we did come here to do this pod on um on the on the first quarter of the NBA season so far. Yeah. Um. So just to start off, like, what's what's the general thing that's catching your eye dur- uh, so far during this season? Like in terms of like over overall with the league, like what are, what are your thoughts on it so far? Actually, the teams that were in the the teams that went far in the playoffs—is it me other than maybe the Lakers? I guess the Clippers, but it just seemed like teams were coming out slow. They're struggling. Like the, Dallas, right. the Dallas Mavericks are playing like ass. Luca just in slow. Luca is just like in chill mode. Um, Denver, Jamal. I, I, I guess you know part of it is you know what they've been there, they know it, so it's that they're pitching themselves. They're probably going to turn it on. They're taking it easy to first. And I, I'm hoping that's what it is. Like, you know, they're going to take it easy these first because, you know, we're almost at 20 games. And I guess we expected it to be a continuation of where the playoffs left off, the mm-hmm. sort of energy 
and you know the intensity from from some of these these top teams. But yeah, I think that's what's jumping out at me. You know, um, the teams that were in the bubble that were you know at least a they were like the Miami team and you they know, were doing well basically. Yeah, and uh, expected the same thing and. Uh, it's just really the LA teams that are kind of hooping right now, and uh, and I think what is it the Jack? Uh, there's a couple of teams last I checked, you know, with with four losses. So Clippers are one of them. Yeah, I think Utah and, uh, being and the Lakers other. and the Utah. But yeah, I just I, I thought it'd be more. I thought you know, but when I think about it, it, it definitely, and as I'm saying, it's probably that. It's just like you know what, you know, even though they had four months off break a four-month break and it came back and then you just had a two-month break but i'm getting the feeling guys are just pacing themselves yeah it's, it's, the it's, that, it's, you know, guys are just coming up slow and we'll probably pick it up later on it seems so um because that's the one thing the great the great play that was in the bubble it definitely hasn't translated into this season so far um, no. like a lot like i think overall the games they, they i mean not every game of course but the games haven't been great you know, even with my league pass and stuff, I found myself like quite a few times changing the channel on a lot of games. You know, just because mm-hmm. I'm just like I'm like, what is this? <laughs> like I'm watching, you know. And I, I mean, you know, I, I, you know, the truth is, um, I'm watching more college basketball than I am NBA. Really? That's interesting. Oh, yeah. I like to binge watch shows, and there's a few series that I that are finished that I would like to watch. But I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna save all that until at least. College ball will be over soon, and then you know, it'll be That's NBA, true. and I'll probably save all my. I binge watch all my shows in the summertime, but I have at least two basketball games on the TV that I, you know, I go back and forth, and then I have one on my computer. So I'm like, I'm on my computer and I'm watching TV. Like, so right now I'm actually watching Alabama, Kentucky just ended, and I'm watching the Clippers and Hawks, right? Right. And I think there might be another NBA game, the Knicks and Utah Jazz. Yeah. So, before I watch a lot of college basketball, and just because there's a lot of Canadians, like, it seems like every D1 team has a Canadian on it, right? It's and true. So, true. I'm just excited for them. Like, Alabama has, um, you know, Keon Ambrose Hilton. You know, I had the privilege of coaching, coaching him, uh, AAU, and Josh Primo, who played for us at, you know, he, did, he was at, in, at Oakwood in grade nine. And he, you know, he, they have him going mid. Um, um, mid first round right, um, in, in this NBA draft, okay. and you know you're watching what Marcus Carr is doing with Minnesota. Yeah, he's playing nice. Um, yeah, playing and nice. you know, um, you know, like you know, Delano Banton at Nebraska, right? And even um, Shamil Green, Sean Green's son, he's at um, Nebraska. You know, you just have yeah. all these kids. You have Ahmed Ali at Portland. You have you know a kid that came on my radar. Uh, Benedict Maturin uh, at um, Arizona okay. and, you know, Eugene Aminuri at uh, Oregon. So you have all these Canadian kids. You know, Syracuse has Maurice and Drake has Okai. Like, there's so many. I'm, I'm just going out and calling out names, but all these Canadian kids are just playing in at, at Power 5 school, right? Yeah. And, 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 so, and, and even, even though he's been hurt, for a, a large chunk of the season, my nephew is the other one too. Where you know he's like yeah. Cal, yeah. yeah. And I even watched Cal. You know Joel Brown, love yeah. Joel Brown, and your nephew, you know Jaden. Uh, yeah, man. And so I remember at the beginning, whenever Cal was at a game, I'll try to try to put on a Cal game, and 
yeah, it's just trying to find out where all the Canadians are and, you know, and they're all over the place. And, That's true. and the great thing is that some of these top schools are just like the Big Ten. You know, Zach Eadie's at Purdue, right? You have two Canadians on Nebraska. You have Marcus Carr in Minnesota. So, and then there's other Canadians, right? Yeah. All over. Um, and Santa Clara, that has two Canadians. You know, uh, Badiaco, Canadian Badiaco, and uh, I think uh, Joseph, I can't remember his last name. Yeah, man. So I've just been watching a lot of college basketball and just watching Canadians play. I love the NBA. Uh, depends on which team. But even so, like I remember last year was more exciting at the beginning. I think teams are really slow right now. The pace is not really. Uh, maybe the young, I might watch a couple of the young guys like the, the Edwards kid, number one pick. I like him. Yeah. You know, when they're when they're comparing to D Wade, I was like, ah but then watching him play, I'm like, okay, he's explosive like D Wade, he attacks the rig like D Wade. Okay, I can see where they where they're comparing him to D Wade. Yeah. He has a swagger, he has a feel for it, like he's just like he's been playing in the NBA for a couple of years just as the way he's balling. So yeah. um And you can see that with him too, even in college last year. Yeah. Um but yeah, there's no game where I'm watching and it's just like I think maybe the New York the New Jersey Nets I, 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 you know, I'm a big KD fan. Brooklyn, that's Brooklyn, that's you. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big KD. Uh, did I say New Jersey? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've, I've done it too, so I, I can't even I can't even make fun of you with that. I've yeah, the too. Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets, and uh, I like I love stuff. Snipers, I like assassins. Guys that just shoot you, kill you from afar. So, you know, I love watching. I love watching Golden State, and uh, I watch them. I'll definitely watch them, and. Uh, you know who surprised me right now is uh, the New York Knicks. Well, be- before you before you get to that, because I got I got questions and stuff that I'm, I'm going okay. to lay it down with. So, um, save save your surprises. We'll we'll get to that in a moment. But no, honestly, it's just to touch on what you're saying. I feel like maybe it is something to the fact that at least some of these teams maybe they're they're still kind of recovering from the bubble experience. Uh, but it's just weird though because like it, you just figure like there's some some of it would translate and it's. I don't feel like it is so far. Um, no. the, the other thing I want to touch on, too, is, well, actually, before we even get to my, my next point, it's funny, with college basketball, not to say I haven't been watching it because I've been watching it more this year, but it's hard for me to get into certain games because there's no crowd. I never realized how much, like, the, the effect that college basketball has on me with the fans until there's yeah. no fans. Like, when, you, when you're watching these games where there's no fans, like, especially, I remember there was a game, and, and Duke is struggling this year, but um, but I was watching the Duke game, and I was like, after about five minutes when I changed the channel, I'm like, I can't get into this. There's no cramming crazies. Like, I can't get yeah. into it. It has an effect yeah. on the game, you know? I'm a Duke fan, and I, I don't even watch it. Like, Duke, <laughs> like Duke's playing right now. I'm not even watching it. <laughs> like, yeah, they're, they're, they're struggling this year, but, you know, but everybody has that same problem. No fans in the, in the stands, right? So, it's you know, yep. it's, so that's, that's, that's sports. That's where we are with sports right now during the pandemic. Um, yep. but I think leading to that though, the NBA COVID protocols, um, is it realistic to think that this season will go smooth? Because like that whole thing where they, they've up, I understand it because there was some outbreaks with certain teams. Cause we, there's been a lot of, uh, postponement of games. Um, Lord of hell, it's, it's kind of raising a little havoc on, on my fantasy team, but, yeah. um, but seriously, like when you look at that, when you look at that aspect of it, it's, that's playing a part in it too, where the season is a little uneven. Um, because you like, look at the Washington wizards, like they've, they've played like what, this is their second game as of tonight that they've played in the last like two weeks. Every game they've played yeah. is, is basically been postponed. Uh, Memphis is going through that right now. 
But like I, I feel like it's unrealistic to to expect that that wasn't gonna happen when there's no bubble, right? Right. So that's so that's the that's the whole thing. And then this whole thing where like players can't interact with each other after games and stuff. I'm like I I feel like it's one of the most ridiculous things because if I'm guarding you for 45 minutes, <laughs> we're sweating on each other, banging in the post, doing whatever. Roddy, I'm Roddy, hacking Roddy, you. Roddy, yeah, we're already breathing on each other the whole game. I can't go and give you dap and a hug and say, "Yo, O'Neal, great game." You know, see you soon, brother. You know, like, I can't do that. Like, what are you talking about? So it's like, I, I understand that they're just trying to go above and beyond the Call of Duty to, like, protect these players. But it's at that point, it's not protection. You know what I mean? Yeah, I have no idea what that is. That's, yeah, that, that, that doesn't makes, make any sense to me. That makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Um, now you're hearing this thing where the NBA is um, and the and the, um, and the Players Association are, are discussing actually putting back the all-star game not the weekend but just the game itself um yeah. do you think they should have an, an all-star game this year because personally i don't have an i don't see why not yeah i mean i don't say yeah have a game uh yeah i wouldn't do the weekend yeah just do one game um they're having it in a hot lap people are still partying in atlanta so i don't know but i have the game just one game um they're not making a big thing about it yeah I, i'm not against it it's just another game. Yeah, I mean, I, I like again f- from the NBA's perspective, um, it's great for ratings. Obviously, um, you know yeah. you're trying to rake in as much money as possible, especially the fact that you can't have fans. Um, yeah. And you know, with the NBA, they're gonna do they're gonna have that mini bubble aspect to whichever hotel they're gonna be staying at. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think if you know you do it, you just do one game, no family allowed, because I don't think they've gotten into the particulars of it yet, but. It's not gonna hurt, you know what I mean? Where to to get extra ratings, you don't have any family, you don't make a big thing of it, but you do. I think you should still have the game. You yeah. know, they're gonna want to generate money, and you know, again, the ratings of an all star game doesn't hurt. I know what you're saying about Georgia, but I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess you can't have it without fans. You you could do it that way too, but it's it's interesting to see where that's gonna go. But I guess they got they got to wait things out and see. But I, but like I said, to me, I, I don't see why not personally. Oh yeah, I would that that big of a deal. All right, so let me let me ask this next question to to keep this going. Who's your most disappointing team so far? Uh, I would have to say the Dallas Mavericks. Really? Okay. Yeah. You just thought they'd be further along. Yeah. I I I expected more from them, especially Luca. Yeah, Dallas Mavericks. Um, you know, who else? I'm thinking of another team. Who else was I thinking of? Um, they'll come back to me. So what, Dallas just be what, because of the slow start? Like, mm-hmm. what's the... Yeah, they're, like, they're 10th in the West, right? Yeah. They're 10th in the West. And I, I thought they would be better. I didn't expect them to be 10th in the West. Yeah, that's really it, man. Oh, the Miami Heat and the Miami Heat. I mentioned them earlier. Mavericks and the Heat. Those two teams are disappointing me. I think with the Heat too, because of injuries and COVID, is is what's kind of um, wrecking their teams a bit. You know, what I mean, at least this season so far. Because Jimmy Butler, how much games did Jimmy Butler play so far this year? I don't think Listen, it, it, it can't be more than it can't be more Jimmy than like four games. Jimmy Butler is taking the first twenty games off, dude. <laughs> These guys are cre- finding creative ways not to play, rest themselves. Remember, Jimmy Butler was playing like the whole game, like. In the finals, you know, yeah, this guy's done. This guy just needs to re- he needs to recover. He's a, you know, forget that. He's he's played six games so far out of sixteen games. 
I, I firmly believe that. There's no, there's no protocol. No, no need to rush me back. Let's take my time. Miami, you know, like everything, everything's going to change, right? Um, you know, everything's going to change, and you know, it's only what they've only played what almost twenty games. So, like you said, a quarter of the season. Well, it's not even a quarter because, um, yeah. So they, yeah, they, they are, they are at a quarter, right? Eighteen games. Yeah, it's about a quarter. quarter right so now. As they pick up, they're close close to about you know fifty percent they'll uh they'll, he'll start coming you'll start seeing him coming back and he's healthy and this and this because again especially with a two month rest and we all know that this is preseason the regular season preseason the real season will start to playoffs and definitely was hoping more from Miami I was very excited about Miami going into this year and I was very excited about Dallas going into this year and I'm disappointed. Yeah, for me, it's Denver. Um, I know they're fourth in the West, but I feel like, honestly, they're like a level below the Clippers, the Lakers, obviously, and even Utah right now. Uh, And I think injuries and COVID has hurt them, much like any of the other teams in this league so far. Uh, But but honestly, other than the Joker, who's having a legit MVP season right now, I think, what is he, like second? As of today, he's like second in assists. He was first up up until like probably about a few days ago. Yeah, um, averaging eleven, which is which, 11, is, which yeah, is nuts, but it's completely legitimate though when you watch them play. Um, yeah. But with that said, though, I think everybody else on the roster has been status quo, including Jamal. Which I can't lie, I'm a little disappointed in in, in uh, Jamal too, because I thought honestly, I thought this bubble experience would launch him into superstardom, and it, it hasn't translated just yet. It's not like he's having a bad season. He's averaging. I, I, I think Jamal is pacing himself. Yeah, I think, I, yeah I, and, and maybe that's what it is. Maybe because I think a lot of these, a lot of these guys are pacing themselves. I really believe that. I think Jamal showed me consistency last year in the playoffs. Like, remember the knock on him was he was inconsistent, and he even talked about it. Yeah, uh, you know, he's like, yeah, I had a big game here, and thought that was good enough. No, it's like to be great, you have to deliver night in and night out. And he, so the fact that he showed that consistency throughout the playoffs and. So I've been watching NBA a long time, and what I've come to realize is, and MJ did it, uh, you see a lot of guys doing it, is the first two quarters, you, you're mostly getting your teammates involved. You might take a shot here and there. And, you know, not every game, but most of the games. But then what you really start doing is in the second half, especially second half of the third quarter, going into the fourth quarter, you start really taking over. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I see guys do that. The, the score, the, 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 the guys know how to pace themselves and do that. Like, okay. Let me get guys involved. Now, certain games, you know, again, they'll come out hot just from the jump. And they're just like, okay, we need this. But there's other games where they're like, okay, let's get guys involved, pick their spots. And then as the game goes on, they start increasing their output and their energy and they start looking. And, I, and Jamal was doing that. You know, he was, uh, he was definitely balling last year and he was consistently putting up big numbers and and uh, He was amazing you know, in the bubble. Let's, let's not even, exactly, let's not, let's not even exactly. lowball it. He was amazing in the bubble. Exactly. And so for me, that's why the way he's doing this year, I'm like, he's pacing himself. Like, that's what I took from is that, you know what? He knows it. he's got 72 games, plus you got to get to the playoffs. So, he's, you know, he's pacing himself. He's doing what he needs to do. And then he's going to start making that push, you know, start stepping it up, you know, as, as they get closer, yeah. um, closer to the playoffs. And then, and then of course, be ready for the playoffs. So, um, that's why I'm not really, you know, I, I, 
somebody brought up the other day, you know, I think I was listening to uh, Bill Simmons, and he, was, he brought up how, you know, he expected more from Jamal this year. And I'm like, listen, Jamal's going to still deliver. Like, I, I wholeheartedly believe that. I think, you know, as we start moving higher into the games, you know, when they start getting around 50, you know, start getting to about 45, 50 games, you're going to see guys start picking it up, you know, picking up their, uh, you know, their production and, and their, their sense of urgency. So, um, but yeah, definitely disappointed in, in, uh, in those teams. And I think Luca, and I think Luca's doing the same thing. You know, I wanted Luca to be balling like he was, but I think he's doing the same thing and he'll probably pick it up too. Um, hope, and, you know, the unicorn is back. So hopefully this guy or Mr. Mr. Glass, hopefully he's, he's fixed right. You know, he reminds me of, he's like the white version of Marcus Camby. Remember Marcus Camby? Oh, yeah, he, he was, was always he was hurt. Always hurt. Yeah, but so, then, but then you know, when you used to hear Marcus Camby's diet and stuff, you weren't surprised. Say again, what? <laughs> I said, but then when you used to hear what Marcus like Marcus Camby's diet, what the rumor was his diet was, then you you weren't surprised. Oh yeah, what was his what was his diet? Well, I, I, the, I never the, ru- the rumor was, you know, especially when he was in Toronto. I can't speak for the rest of his career, but when he was in Toronto, the rumor was it was it was a lot of McDonald's. <laughs> so. <laughs> So you know, like, when he kept getting hurt, you're just like, yeah. I mean, again, you don't know if it's true, but if it was, you're like, ah, you can understand why. If yeah. that if that was his regiment, you know, before games and stuff, because he wasn't, well, he, was, yeah. he, he didn't have the frame to like, you know, like a physical frame to begin with, you know. Yeah. And then if, and if you're loading up on that, then that just makes it even worse, right? And so it's so funny you mentioned that because when I do think about it, yeah, it wasn't really until maybe the last what 10, 15 years, maybe that they really start having professional chefs. Yeah, like I'm, I remember when I went to the Chicago Bulls training camp last year, and I got to go. You know, um, I got to meet. Um, uh, I got to go behind and meet. You know, John Paxton, yeah. GM, and you know the front, the, the staff, and the front office, and and then I'm sitting there uh, eating with them, and like you know, John Paxton. I'm sitting eating across from John Paxton and stuff like that, and they had a, a kitchen and their own, like you know, chef. Mm-hmm. Right, like a uh, uh, you know five star chef, and you know the kitchen's always open, right? And they can have, the parents can come in early if they want to work. You know, they get breakfast, lunch, and dinner, right? Yeah. And the food was nice. That's <laughs> like yo, some good quality yeah, right? food. Yeah, man. Yeah, them them spreads yo. ain't no joke. And different different selections too. Different selections, man. It was like it was like yeah, it was like okay, right? And so. But you know, it's so funny you saying that Marcus Camby was eating McDonald's. I was like, "Yo, somebody get this guy some cooked food, guys. I'm getting some some, <laughs> some chicken for super provisions, man. Yeah. <laughs> some yam, give him that's, some yellow yam. No, that's, that's, what, that's what my that's what my mom is, my stepdad would be saying at home. Yo, man, drink some soap with some provisions, some yam and banana and chocho <laughs> and some okra. Give some food, man. Give him the food, feed him the food. But yeah, this guy was just, <laughs> you guys. Uh, uh, guys eating McDonald's. What less? Again, that's yeah, anyway, that's the rumor. I don't know if like you know, I can't yeah, confirm that, it, but that was the rumor. But that's who that's who Porzingis reminds me of. Is, yeah, uh, modern day Marcus can be just always hurt. You know, if you could stay healthy, you could be special, right? And so, um, I'm being positive. I'm are optimistic in that certain players are just you know themselves. T- just taking their time because they're in the bubble last year and they just, you know, they know the season's long and they don't want to burn out and they want to get injured, right? So just kind of pace themselves and take the time and, you know, sort of read 
read the situation, you know, make sure that the team is not too far out. They can still make the playoffs, right? And, uh, you know, make a push at a certain time, you know. So that's that's what I'm, you know, that's what I'm being optimistic about. So, well, well, let's but, let's, yeah. let's see. Because, again, like when you look at just doubling back on Jamal for a second, like you're looking at the stats. It's not, like, don't get me wrong, like I said before, the stats aren't bad. And 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 I don't want you to, to misconstrue this for me, like wanting to hop off his bandwagon. I'm still on the wagon. I, I'm 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 still all in. But I just thought, like you know, can you look at Donovan Mitchell for example this year, and he's he's kind of made that leap. Like he's maintained that like that scorched earth kind of run that he's been on. He's kind of like you know he's not scoring fifty a night, obviously, but you know, but he's kept this certain pace. And like I was expecting Jamal to do the same. So let's let's hope this picks up because again, it's a quarter of the season. So I'm I'm not willing to write him off yet, but I'm you know I just expected this a little bit more from him at this point. And look, right. they, they they got Michael Porter Jr. back, and he dropped thirty last night too. So like I expect the yeah. team to get better. Like I I definitely expect that. But just at this point yeah. of the season, they're ten and seven right now. Like you thought they'd be maybe like you know like twelve and five or you know what I mean? Like really flirting with that number one spot at least to start the season. Um, right. Who who's the most surprising team for you so far? The New York Knickerbockers. Mm, okay. Yeah, they're playing well, man. I know they're eight and ten, but you know they got some good quality wins. The New York Knickerbockers. Um, Cavs are playing well. Um, but yeah, the but, New York Knickerbockers. But what what about New York though specifically? Just to get into specifics of it. I, I just I think they're playing good basketball. They have RJ and they have Julius Randle. Mm-hmm. And I just watching some of their games. You know, they're in the game. Uh, in most of the games, they're winning. You know what? They're eight and nine, right? I just I didn't expect them to to be doing so well. The eight and ten, sorry, I didn't expect them to be doing so well. I thought they'll definitely, you know, will be at the bottom uh, yeah. with the Pistons. And uh, but yeah, no, they're in eight spot, and uh, that's a pleasant surprise for me. Like when I look when I look at the standing, okay, we expect the Sixers, the Celtics, the Bucks, uh, the Pacers are good, the Nets, yeah, um, the Hawks. Uh, Cleveland, Cleveland's a surprise. Uh, I didn't expect Cleveland to be there. They had some good quality wins against uh, against the Nets um, back to back. So, um, yeah, I would say the Knicks. The Knicks are definitely the team that surprised me. Because when I look at the, I'm looking at the East and the West, and it's like, yeah, usual specs suspects. Not maybe not in the same order, but the Lakers, the Clippers, the Jazz, Nuggets, Trailblazers, um, the Grizzlies. Okay, um, Suns. I think you know, everybody looks where they're supposed to be, right? And so, it, except it, for me, I, I didn't think the Knicks would be there, though. Yeah. How think, about you? I think, well, what the thing with the Knicks is, um, again, um, when you got a quality coach, th- that that's the value, right? It's a, that's the value of getting a, a really good quality coach in there. Um, well, yeah, yeah, somebody that's going yeah. to hold you accountable. Yeah, a professional. You need mm-hmm. a, a, a legit professional in the room sometimes. that Just sometimes yeah. that of that voice alone and that kind of accountability alone changes things in the locker room, right? So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. so there's that, the way that they're playing. They're in pretty much almost every game. You know, um, RJ's, you know, he's definitely – He's he's playing better. Like there's there's been improvements in this game so far, at least uh, so far yeah. so for the quarter of the season. The guy's Julius Randle, where he's kind of like he's added the um, sharing of the ball and the um, the passing quality to his game. Because the, the last I checked, he's averaging about seven assists a night, which that was never part of his game at all. Ooh. You know, you ha- you had what's it what's it the guy on the Marcus Morris who's on the Clippers right now. 
he just jacked up a shot. Right. Right. You had Mike, Marcus Morris, power forward, black hole. You had uh, Portis, power forward, black hole. And then you had Julius Randle, power forward, black hole. Right? And Taj Gibson. And then Ta- but he wasn't so much of a power, black hole, but I get it, he though. He wasn't like, a black hole. Another power forward. You had four power forwards. Right. Right. And then so, you know, who was leading the team? And, you know, Marcus Morris is a bully, so he's the alpha. So you're not going to have the point guard who's supposed to be putting guys in place and, you know, running the show. He's probably telling them to shut up, and they're scared of him. So, yes, you know, you get you get rid of three of those guys, right? Yeah. And you're left with, you know, Julius Randle, and then Thibodeau is holding him accountable. Like, you know, my youth, move the ball. You know? So... His assistant's at seven, you know, he has seven assists. He's he's out of the mid-range. He's, yeah. he's hitting the mid-range jump shot. So he's averaging, he's surprising. He's averaging essentially 20, 23, 11, and six. So six assists, not seven, but six. So it went down, I guess, about okay. an assist. But but it's still, yeah, still really good. It's still really good. I, I, I push back on Tom Thibodeau saying, ease up my Yuta. You probably wouldn't say that. But I, I get what you're saying, though, with uh, <laughs> in terms of keeping them accountable. Um, the honestly, my surprise though is, uh, well, I got a couple of teams. So one in the east and one in the west. I got um, they're I, I guess they're at equal value with me. So one is Cleveland. They're kind of reminding yeah. me of the Brooklyn Nets a few years ago before they started getting really good, where they just they just played hard as hell every night, and they just fight forty eight minutes, and you can appreciate that when you're watching that, especially with a younger team. Um, yeah. I've had to like almost had to have a come to Jesus moment with uh about Colin Sexton because I could not stand his game and when I say I couldn't stand his game I mean I really couldn't stand his game as a point guard who just refused to pass I just oh my god he he drove me insane watching I I hated watching him play but honestly um last year you know I watched and I didn't watch too much Cleveland games a lot of it was because I, I couldn't stand watching Sexton play but then you look at the stats and you're like, damn, it's pretty efficient though. <laughs> it's like yeah. you're like, okay, this, this is not, you know, this is interesting, you know? And he clearly made a leap this year. Um yeah. he's still jacking way more. Like I, at this point, I'm like, he's not a point guard. He's just he's just a guard. He just he's just yeah. gonna score, and that's basically it. Darius Gar- yeah. Garland, he could share the ball or whoever else could share the ball with the rest of, of the of this of the roster, but he's just getting his. So, but like when you look at his stats, like the guy's averaging twenty five and four assists, but he's he's averaging fifty from the field, forty six from three, and eighty one from the line. Yeah, like that's like I can't argue with that, man. That's that's impressive. How many assists? How many assists? Four. <laughs> he's not a point guard. <laughs> he's not a point guard. Like God needed God needed to give him about five more inches. Yeah, and then we wouldn't be arguing about his assists. But yeah. you know, they're so they're. He, he, he said- He's basically Kyrie. Yeah, yeah, sure. Just, right. not, just not, just not as good. Like, but, but again, Kyrie's assist number—he's getting three assists. You know, when he's when he's been back and stuff like that, like come right. On, I know, I know. But yeah. but but again, you know, they're Cleveland, so the, the kind of like the Knicks—they're they're mismatched in terms of having way too many bigs. Um, so they're gonna have to definitely get rid of one of them or two. Uh, maybe try to see if he can move Kevin Love. Although I don't know who's taking his contract and his and his body at this point. Um, yeah. But 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 they're they're a solid team at this point right now. At least to this these, this first quarter of the season. It, it really depends on how they draft the next two next couple of drafts and the and the um, and just develop the younger younger players. 
But yeah. uh, but JB Bickerstaff, he's doing a good job. You know, this is his first real. Is this his first head coaching job? I think it is. Where like it, it's not like an interim. I think it's just a, just a straight first. Like this is your job. You, you don't have to look over your shoulder for the next couple of years. Um, yeah. It is Cleveland. It is you know Dan Gilbert's team. So you may have to like look over your shoulder once in a while. But he's doing a wonderful job at least right now. And again, it's early, right? Like everybody, you know, it can all change. Like absolutely, teams, you know, teams, guys just start playing. The teams are, you know, and then Cleveland just goes back to where they were. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. So but it, it, it's, it's it's happened with the Raptors, right? How many times you see Raptors? We're excited about them, and then all of a sudden, you know, you look around and they're like missing the playoffs and. You know, like a tease. You think something's going to happen. And, and I'm talking before. Yeah, know, before, before the, the We the North era started. Yeah. 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 The Bar- but the Bargnani era, the Prima Pasta yeah. era. That's, that's what I like to call that. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the other team is the Spurs, man. Um, you know, we discussed this a little bit last week. I know you said this is like one of your favorite teams or your favorite team, but um, they never cease to amaze me, man. Um, they play really well together. I really enjoy watching them play. I've always enjoyed watching them play, but I really enjoy watching them play this year, especially with the young guys. They play smart. They're developing well. You know, you got DeJounte Murray over there. Like, he's come back from his ACL tear, and he's, you know, he's he's developing nicely. You got Lonnie Walker developing nicely. They found another gem in, in, um, in Keldon Johnson. I don't know where the hell this guy came from, but he looks he like... He's from Oak Hill, baby. Favorite... Josh Hemmings at Oak Hill. Okay, so but, but he's nice though. Like again, he's he's. I know he's not a rookie. I think he's in his second year, but um, yeah. but he's he's legit. I mean, again, they're they're missing that star to put it together, obviously. But and I don't see that on their roster right now. But they got a solid base. And listen, man, say what you want about Demar, but I'll be honest, man. He's 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 a more complete player as in terms of a basketball player right now. He's a more complete player than I've ever seen him. I think he's just a better player, and I think part of that is, you know, his his natural maturation, but part of it is also pops, right? Like just showing him more of the ropes. Demar has been doing. Listen, the man. Some people just ain't built to be the superstar. Built to be Superman and Batman. And not everybody can. Not everybody can be Batman. Built to be the Flash or the Martian Manhunter or even the Green Lantern. Right. But he's not. He's not. Batman. So, I always loved DeMar DeRozan. He's a professional. He came. He was with the Raptors. Loved his work ethic. Um, I don't. I'm, the Spurs is my favorite basketball team. I don't watch the Spurs until they trade. Mar- I would not watch the Spurs until they trade Lamarcus Aldridge. <laughs> I'm serious. Um, he ruined summertime. I want somebody to convince me otherwise. Um, and if people don't know what summertime is, it was when people. Every team in the NBA looked to the Spurs and revel, you know, uh, marveled at the Spurs with the, te- the ball movement, the team play, and that's where point five came from. Summertime, you know, where Popovich went to Serbia and was watching some European basketball. And if you watch European basketball, that's how the ball moves. It's just boom, guys already know where they're going with the ball before it hits their hands. Right. And you know, the Spurs, you know, he brought that to the Spurs, and you hear them talk about it. It's just like penetrate, kick. You don't have a shot. Do something. Don't hold the ball. And it was, the ball mu- movement was beautiful. And I believe as soon as Mar- Lamar Aldridge got there, summertime went away because Pop wants, you know, is hoping Lamarcus could be another Tim Duncan. And you know, and he's not. You're always, I'm, you're always reminded, you know, that 
It doesn't matter. It's not about your physical. It's about your mental. It's what's between your ears. And you're always reminded of that. I'm always reminded of that. And I always, you know, people don't understand that's what separates people. That's what greatness is. And so, you know, I will not watch the San Antonio Spurs until LaMarcus Aldridge is no longer playing for the San Antonio Spurs. I don't hate him. You know, I don't know the guy. I don't think he's a bad person. I just don't think, you know, he's ruining my team. Um, you know, they're not winning with, with him on the team because he's supposed to be their, their coach, best player. And, you know, he, he's too mercurial. He's too, you know, Tim Duncan was the most unselfish person. And it wasn't about him and things didn't have to be his way and this and that. And he didn't want, you know. And now, you know, proper, you know, they have to cater to LaMarcus Aldridge in, in, in San Antonio. They have to make him happy. And I'm like, yo, screw this guy. So I don't, I don't watch Spurs until, until LaMarcus Aldridge is done. And I don't think they're going to do anything until LaMarcus Aldridge is done. Well, I That's mean, I think thing. he is a free agent this year, so it'll be interesting Good. where he goes. Um, I can actually, yeah. it's funny, in, in, a, in a small way, because I don't think he's going to, I think this is his last year getting a bigger role on the team. Um, but if he's willing to yeah. accept a smaller role, I can see him fitting in. Just thinking about this tonight, I, I can see him fitting in pretty well with, with the Warriors. Um, again, if he's willing to, if he's willing to, you know, like no. understand his role. No. Even coming no. off the bench. No, the Raptors should pick him up. Ah, God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the Raptors should pick him up. And finish his career, the Raptors. No. Nah, yeah, I don't want get the cast the Spurs. That, that's okay. You're not winning. He's one of those guys you're not winning with. He's just one of those guys who's not, he's not a winner. Winners have, winners move differently. Winners have a certain attitude. So winners then why, why, so then why would you, why, why would, why would you, why would you take that man and bring him to the six? Or to, or to the bay. <laughs> or to the bay at this point. Or the six. Right now the six. The six need somebody. They need, you know, they need a player uh, to help out Siakam down low. Well, we'll touch to the Raptors at the end. Um, who, who's the player you're most disappointed in so far? Uh, I did mention Luca. I wanted, you know, people had Luca in an MVP conversation and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, he's not right now. Yeah, he's not even close. I guess Luca. I, I want to see Luca mash guys up. Give him the business, but he's, he's facing himself right now. So I guess, it, but it would be Luca. But um, I can't really think of anybody that I'm, you know, that's playing like, you know, hot garbage. Uh, that I thought would be would be doing more. What about you? I think Luca, like I said, but I figure, you know, as I'm thinking about it, he, like I said, he's facing himself. But how about you? Um, um, I got two players. One, one is a star. One is a role player. The role player I'm disappointed in right now, you're, I know you're going to laugh when I say this, is Kelly Oubre. I'm disappointed in him right now because, listen, with Golden State, you expected that either him or Wiggins would pick up some of the slack or some of the scoring. The problem I have with him is that when he's been open, he just can't hit anything. I'm not expecting this guy to replace Klay Thompson by, by no stretch of the imagination, like not even close. But I thought when they got him there, because I think, you know, he's got his – some people say knucklehead of personality. I don't know if it's a knucklehead personality, but he's got a different type of personality. And mm -hmm. But I thought like him going there, giving them a solid 15-60 tonight, you know what I mean, just playing tough and, and being aggressive, scoring and stuff, hitting the open shot, he'll get a lot of mm -hmm. open shots because of the attention Steph gets. Um, I thought he would be better right now. And, I mean, again, this, it's the quarter of the season, but I think he's been terrible so far. You know, and and Wiggins actually been he's been playing 
good so far, you know, and um, so these these first eighteen games, and I think there's room for him to actually be better for them for the rest of the season. Defensively, Wiggins is actually playing really well. Um, yeah. This is actually kind of the person that you thought Wiggins was going to be <laughs> throughout this time in the NBA. Like it's like he's finally realizing his defensive potential. Um, right. You know, for the first time in his career, which is to me is kind of mind boggling, but. Um, but mm-hmm. but Ubre's one is the guy that I'm like I'm disappointed in because I, I just thought from the role player's perspective I thought he'd be a lot better. Um, yep. The other player that I probably just added tonight, thinking about it because I was watching the game last night, is Anthony Davis. Man, um, like that one probably sticks out the most just because right now we right. Got, he's Again, and because you're bringing that point of pacing himself, I'm like, okay, I, I guess. But then when you look at LeBron, he ain't pacing himself right now. And he's out there every night busting ass. Like, I'm looking at the stats right now. He's averaging 22 and 9. His free throws are down. The attempts are down. The attempts are down almost three attempts a game. Um, he went from 84 from the line to 73 from the line right now. And he's averaging about a half a a half a block less a game. I thought at this point he would have used that, you know, that championship experience, what they had in the bubble, and just kind of spring himself to that other level where you just were actually you're, you're really considering him to be that MVP. Instead, of, it's his older teammate that's doing that damage. Like right now, he's a clear number two, and I don't like that for him. You know what I mean? Because remember, we were last year, we were like, you know, especially when they're talking about LeBron and all the help that he has or the lack of help that he has. And they were like, yo, he's got Anthony freaking Davis. Like, Anthony Davis yeah. is the MVP. But right now, mm-hmm. I don't, like, the, at least in the few games that I've seen with the Lakers, I don't see an, an MVP guy that I've no, I'm yeah, accustomed to right now. No, no, that's a good point. Um, I never thought about Anthony Davis. But, again, I put him in the category of um, Luka and Jamal. Because he is chilling. He comes and and... Those guys are just chilling. Yeah, he's not playing with the same sense of urgency. Right? He's coming out slow out of the gates. I think LeBron is doing what he did last year. Uh, he knows that he has a psychological advantage over some of these guys until he plays the Clippers. <laughs> <laughs> People don't see it. I love, I love watching it because these, all these young guys, you can see just LeBron knows he owns them mentally. Yeah. Right? And he, he picks up on it. Like, you just watch him. And he goes at these guys. Right, these guys are scared of him, but then he's like the Clippers. That's why he's afraid of the Clippers because those guys, you know, he knows that Kawhi and Paul George are coming after him, and so he can get away with these young guys. And so he just, you know, he just beats them. Those guys already beaten before they play. Some of these guys before they play the Lakers, just mentally. Yeah. Like I, I watch him go. I watch. I watch. Um, when they play against the Pelicans. And Zion is like. He's not even like Zion's not like up in his shit. You know, like how Kobe was up in Jordan. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. You know, or if you see how how Kawhi would guard LeBron when Kawhi was younger, it's like, you know, Zion's just like, yeah, man, you're LeBron, do whatever you want. I'm like, dude, you know, your level, you should be like Patrick Beverly up in this guy. It's like, up because you're big enough and strong enough, and most, if anybody could stay with LeBron, it would be you. It would be him, yeah. And you just, you know, like I watch him play, he just, it's like, you know, his body language is just timid. And, you know, so these guys, LeBron owns him. Most of this league mentally, these guys are just like yeah. Great I mean, to play because against, I so. think stature and who he is, and uh, you know, to the yeah. like, you know, they grew up watching him play, and now he's, you know, yeah. now he's a champion and, now. So now it's the the, the perspective is all oh, man, like you know, like it's I I, I get that though. I, I yeah, I and, Lebr- and LeBron and he's fully aware of that. He he's yeah. fully he knows the teams, he knows the guys. Like uh, you know, I go at these guys, 
And so, you know, it's like people, you know, you know, I don't even watch the Lakers. I don't watch the Lakers. I can't watch the Lakers because everybody creams themselves when LeBron, you know, the guy ties his shoelace and, and he's chewing gum while he's tying his shoelace. And it's like LeBron's the first person to tie his shoelace chewing gum while wearing a, a, a green wristband. And then it's all over social media. It's like, I, you know, I, they get they get so excited about it. I'm like, yo. I think I, I think the one thing that's making me laugh this year is, you know, now he's shooting the deep three, like the logo three, and everybody's freaking yeah. out about it. And I'm like, okay, we've been watching Steph do that for the last like six years. But it, like, yeah, why, and it's not why, even why that. is everybody going crazy over this right now? Um, yeah, and then yeah, and I'm like. He's, like, turn, he's, turn, he's turning around and making the three before, you know, it hits the rim. But it's like, okay, but we've been watching Steph do that for the last five years. Yeah. And then the thing, too, is, you know, it's like, if you guys really pay attention, you guys, like, games like this is a reminder that LeBron James doesn't shoot the ball consistently, that well consistently. Mm-hmm. Right? Because it, that's why people get excited, because they're far and few in between. Right when he yeah. shoot when he's shooting the three, how much times has LeBron scored sixty points? Once, right? And I remember watching that he was on fire, right, hitting threes, anything. And you know, my argument when I argue with people about LeBron scoring, he's like, yeah, he can score whenever he wants. I'm like, no, he cannot score those, put up those numbers whenever he wants because his his jump shot does, is inconsistent. Right. And LeBron is smart enough to know that. When his shot is off, he's not going to keep shooting. He's not going to be like, I'm going to keep shooting. There you go. So right? Move. And so when his shot was on last night, that's what you get. You get 46 points. Because right? he was feeling it last night. And so it's when you're doing that on a regular basis, when you're stringing, when you can do like what Kobe did and string together, like I think you have a, a span of like nine of or five ten or six, games or something like that. Five or six, yeah, where he scored 50 plus points. I'm like, come like on, that, man. Yeah. When you do that, that's when you're like, okay, right? But when you drop a 46 here and then, you know, you'll come back with his regular 25, 28, whatever, that's fine. That's good. But I'm like, you know, when it's guys like Kobe, you know, those those lead scorers, they're putting up those on a regular basis, right? Yeah. You know, yeah, they're having multiple 40, 50, 60-point games, you know, in, in a season. So uh, people are freaking over the 46. I'm like, oh, good Lord. At 36, I'm like, yeah, Kobe did it when he was, what, 38? Put up a 60-point game? Like, yo, relax. And Jordan did it when he was his... Jordan was 38 when he, you know, last played in the league. He's putting up those numbers. So, again, people are excited about what LeBron's doing. That stuff has been done before. And I don't... I, that's why I'm like, what is the excitement about? You know, mm-hmm. get excited when he scores 60 points on 11 dribbles like Clay Thompson. Yeah. Right? Or they showed us that where Clay Thompson scored 42 points with four dribbles. Oh, he, he took four dribbles and scored 42 points. I was like, come on, man. You know, get excited about stuff like that. What am I getting excited about? You know, and I guess I guess they have to with, with the way the season's going and how boring it is. I guess they have to get excited about something. I was like, geez, come on, man. Really? Like, that's what we're excited, that's what we're excited about? You know, so, yeah, I don't really watch Raptors games. I mean, uh, Lakers games. I just, uh, yeah, I tend to skip over it. I want to see. I want to hear people announce people creaming themselves. I'm already hearing from um, LeBron stands on social media, so it's like, oh, good lord, <laughs> who you love to antagonize. I see that. Um, <laughs> who, who, who's the player that you're most surprised with in terms of how they're starting off the year so far? Because for me, it's Jeremy Grant. Oh, uh, actually, you know who? 
Brown from the Celtics. Oh, Jalen Brown. Yeah, yeah. Jalen Brown. Yeah, he's he balling. Yeah, he took a level up this year. He's balling. Like he's 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 coming up. He's not messing around. He's no. coming to play. Nope. He's balling. All. Speaking of the Knicks, the Knicks are fifteen thirty seven on Utah. Still in the second quarter, but still. Yeah, but that's again, yeah, it's but not surprising. It's not. It, they've been like that most of the year. Where you look up, you're like, wait a minute, they're they're what? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that a typo? Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown is is my biggest surprise. Okay. Um, I didn't. I didn't see that. I yeah, I knew he was good and anything, but he's definitely definitely leveling up. He took a level up. Yeah, because because it's funny because at the end of the season you're like he's gonna be an all star for sure, but this is pretty much Jason Tatum's team. Now you're kind of like, and I know Jason mm. Tatum's missed some time, but like now you're kind of like. Huh. Who's who's is it again? Which is a good thing for Boston, you know. Yeah, it's. I agree with you. Like he's he's been amazing for me. It's been Jeremy Grant, and yeah, I know it's the Pistons. They're the worst team. In the, Jeremy the Grant. Jeremy. No, but look, man. Like honestly, look. I, I figured he was going to be good because obviously he left Denver because he wanted more of an opportunity. Um, and I and I've 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 said that we we weren't going to see him again for the next couple of years because he's going to Detroit. Um. But I didn't think he had this in him, man. Like this guy right now is averaging twenty five six, but his but his efficiency is really good right now. The guy's playing for money, man. He's like, you know what? I need to make some money. I need to get paid. That's why he left. So he goes to he goes to uh, the Pistons. Uh, the Pistons and he's balling out because he's trying to get paid. Yeah, and, and 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 you know what? Like O'Neal, like, and this is what I said too. Like, and um, you know, every year that we do a, this NBA season preview and stuff, not every player can be a franchise guy. You know what I mean? There's four hundred yeah. something players in the league. Sometimes you gotta be like, yo, I need to take this money and get my stats up, and yeah. I gotta I gotta show my worth. And this is what he's yeah. doing. I don't have a problem with this at all. Like that's part of the sport. Yeah. Like not everybody can go on a championship team. Like sometimes yeah. you gotta lead the shittiest team in the league, and that's okay too. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it too, I mean, he was with Utah. You know, he did his time. They, you know, they made their run, and then he's like, you know what? Let me go get paid, man. I go get paid. Oh, you mean so, Den- you mean Denver? You mean Denver? Denver. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. When he's with Denver, you know, he did his time. And he's like, you know what? We ain't winning. He saw the, you know, he, he saw the writing on the wall. Like, you still got the Lakers. You got the Clippers. The Warriors are gonna be back. Yeah, it's gonna, you know it's gonna take them you know. a little time. Plus, they got Denver, yeah. plus they got Porter Denver Jr. Winning. Yeah, they got Porter Jr. Yeah, there. people like Denver's wins. winning. I'm like, as much as I love Jamal and I like Jokic, Denver's not winning shit because Clay's coming back. Right, you still gotta get through Lakers and you still gotta get through Clippers. Right, Denver's not winning nothing. So, um, you know, I think Jeremy Grant, you know, probably saw that as well. I was like, you know what? Let me just go get paid. Um, you know. His stock is up a little bit. He played well in the playoffs, uh, made a name for himself. And so, you know what? Now he's going to go and Detroit's going to have to pay him because they're like, you know what? Based on the market value, this guy's balling. He can give us defense. He can give us offense. Um, so, and, he's, you know, and he's capitalizing on it, right? Because he's looking at capitalizing his, on it. his exactly. stats, he's, he's shooting, what, 46 in the field, pretty much 40% from 385 from the line. Like, I don't think this yep. is a fluke. I think this is something he can maintain. And yeah. you know he's he's been by far their best player, man. Like it's you know, like I said, I, you'll have to see if he regresses, you know, throughout the year. But I don't think this is a fluke. I know. And again, Detroit's gonna suck. They're gonna be shit. But like I said, so, somebody somebody has to lead the NBA team, an NBA team, man. So yeah, 
I don't I don't have a problem but, with this. You know that they are shit. Right? They're like dead last. No, absolutely. Like they're they're four and twelve as of this recording. And and yeah. Blake Blake Griffin looks like uh what was his brother's name? What was his brother's name that he played with in college? I don't know if I can't remember. But he's playing like his brother. He's not playing like Blake Griffin. He's playing like his brother right now. Uh, he's done. Basically, it's it's sad though. He's like, done. you know, the these guys, you know, the the high flyers with the knee the knee injuries, man. It's like I said, Westbrook seems like the the outlier, but most of these guys, man, once their knees start going, like that's it. Like they just they just don't come back the same, and and yeah. it's like it's like he's he's kind of regressed, and I and I and I know a lot of that has to do with injury, you know, because he looks yeah. the, he looks the same. He's not even dunking anymore, you know. Nope. <laughs> so it's like it is what it is, you know. So but like he's doing a great job, Jeremy Grant. I got to give him props. It's the quarter of the season, but he's. To me, he's been the most surprising player to me. I didn't think he was gonna do this. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I got, I got, yeah, that's, yeah. I, I see what you're saying, um, but you're playing well on a shitty team. Somebody has to step up. Yeah. Um, but I like Brown. Like Brown's balling. Like he, Brown he really is, is. He really is. Yeah, yeah he's uh, balling. Now, so, now, after watching yeah. the the early part of the season so far, which rookies or which rookie to you do you think has, has the brightest future? Not necessarily who's oh, your rookie of the year, but who do you think out of this class has well, the brightest future? Definitely the number one draft pick. Anthony Edwards, okay. Anthony Edwards, like by far for me. Like okay. you know, everybody's excited about Wiseman, sure. Um, you know, maybe three. I don't see it now. Um, he's still, to me, moving kind of awkwardly. Doesn't he's not moving fluidly yet? I don't know, um, but. Just not yet for me, and so. But obviously, you can see the shooting touches there, um, the length and all that stuff. But for me, just watching Anthony Edwards, that's that's who I'm excited about. Um, that that leaner he had last night was that was hella impressive. Yeah. Just the way, yeah, when he's on the court, man. Like you can see the you can he can get wherever he wants, whenever he wants. Mm-hmm. He's strong and he can defend. And, Great first step, you know, right? Yeah, explosive. Like right now, he's just feeling it. You can just see him. He's like, this kid's gonna be nice. He's gonna be giving guys buckets. He's not as tall as I thought because I thought he was like six five. He's like six three. I didn't. I didn't realize he was. He was. Um. He was only that tall. But I mean, but his athleticism and his like, he kind of reminds me of. Um. He kind of reminds me of Dort in the sense where when you yeah. see when you see them, like even in high school. Like was looking at Dort even in high school, and I had a chance to, to you know to talk to him a little bit, and I'm like, yeah, this guy has an NBA body right now. But this is before he went to Arizona State, you know, oh, yeah. and it's and it's yeah, kind of yeah. the same thing with with Edwards. Like Edwards looks like an NBA player from high school, you oh, know. Yeah. He, he, he was a man amongst boys. Oh my god, yeah. Oh my he god, was, he was. When I saw him at the bio steal, I really saw him play at the bio steal. I was sitting in the front row. Um, yeah, this guy just—he was trying to tear up the rim every time. Every he single to the time, basket. yeah, I was—I was at that. Yeah, I remember. I remember. I was like, this guy is going to the league. This guy is going to the league. This guy's trying to tear up the rim every time. He's just shedding guys. Guys just getting out of his way. He's just like, oh yeah, he's, he's shooting the ball well this year. He, he really is. Well this year. He really is. I'm happy yeah. for him. I'm really yeah. happy for him. I know. Yeah, but I got—I got Anthony Edwards. I got Anthony Edwards. Okay. Yeah, uh, that, I, I think he's. I think he's going to be special. Um, yeah, the, the rookie class has been good this year. It's been better than I thought it was going to be. 
Um, mm-hmm. Because, yeah, Anthony Edwards has, has been showing you some stuff. I know everybody loves LaMelo Ball. He's showing you some stuff as well. But I'm still not a 100% sold on him just yet. Although I like yeah. what I see from him so far. I think he is going to be better than his brother. Um, is better than Lonzo. what way? The, the ceiling for him is higher um, than it is with Lonzo. Because I, I was oh. never a huge fan of Lonzo's game, to be honest with you. But, um, I mean, he's got that I, I, weird shooting style too. But I just feel like... I don't know. Sorry, go. What were you going to say? What were you going to say? I, mean, I, I think they're you know, the same. You know, Lonzo, Alonzo brought flash and flair to, you know, just... Dude, in the NBA, you have to be able to shoot, man. I know. And when you watch uh, LaMelo shoot, this guy does not... So when you shoot, it's it's X3, triple extension, ankles, knees, and hips. Right? This guy's just ankles. You know, whatever power he was generating in his leg just after his ankles and yeah. so it's all arms and he's going to be inconsistent with his shot right and so he's going to be a great flashy player you know dropping dimes and stuff like great passes right because the long zones like that too but can't shoot and you know if you can't shoot this day and age this day NBA you know you're going to get exposed and you know he's going to be easy to guard and so and he has to be able to defend so to me, honestly, he just—I see him going the same way as his brother. Hmm, that's right? interesting. I see him go. I, I see him going the same way as his brother because Zoe came in. Zoe was, you know, Zoe was the number two pick, of course, and obviously yeah. the expectations. Wait, wait, where was uh, Lamelo? He was what number third? He was th- three. He was three, yeah. Yeah. So Zoe was two. Lamelo was three. So whatever. Yeah. So same thing, right? People gonna the expectations gonna be they're gonna expect more from him, and so we'll see. Um, you know, we'll see, but I, I think he's going to go the same way as his brother, you know, just going to be, a, he'll a, be a, a, good good, player, a good player, but not, not like yeah. a star or somebody who's leading the franchise, no matter what the father says, basically. Yeah. Like, and that, that was, that was an idiot thing to say. I'm like, you're basically trying, you know, basketball, you have to earn things, but I know to a certain degree, but yes, you, you know, while guys get, you know, some kind of treatments, five stars. But still, got, you know, to be the man on the team, you got to earn that. You got to do what Jam- Jamal went and took that. Yeah. Right? Like Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray went to Denver and took that from Moutier. Right? Yep. Remember, Moutier was a point guard for Denver when yep. Jamal got there. Jamal just took that, took that and, from him. And Harris. And Harris. He took it from yeah. both of them. Both of them. And sent them on the road. You got to go take that stuff. Right? You can't, well, you know, make him a superstar. And, you know, here's the thing about basketball. What I tell people, you know, players and anybody, I'm like, you are who you are. Like, once you step on the court, whoever you are is just going to come out. And if you are a superstar, it's going to come out. You don't need anybody to give it to you. You're going to, it's just going to, you're going to naturally, you know, um, present it and it's going to be there. And you're going to get the superstar status because you're just going to ball like a superstar, right? Mm-hmm. Because you have the, you know, you're a starter, you have the freedom. So what are you waiting for, right? And so, you know, it's like, well, you know, Lamelo's not a role player. Lamelo's a starter. So was a starter. Get the ball in your hand. So we're the, you know, so you are who you are, man. And if you're a superstar, that will come out. If you're not a superstar, it's not going to come out. Right? So I don't, you know, it's, you know, it's not, you know, I think um, LeVar is expecting them to, you know, put the headlines, Lonzo, you're the ball. It's your team. Dude, you have to earn that stuff. You have to show that, yep. you know, it's your team. Go take it, you know? And, 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 so and if you're and, true, and it's a true superstar. That's what a true superstar does. 
And it's funny because with, with LeVar, like, I feel like the, the greatest job he's done is, is highlighting his, his sons and giving them a name. I think he's also a detriment, too, because, you know, until the kids make that clean break from him in that sense, where it's like yeah. they, you're just only dealing with him and stuff, it's like I think, they, I think the media does a disservice. Like, they got to start giving him a platform. Because, yeah. I, like, I, I think for me, like, the reason why, like, I, I always felt a certain way about um, Lonzo had nothing to do really with Lonzo. It was his, it was his father. You know, his yeah. father was giving him so much praise and all this stuff. And I think his father honestly talked him up to being a number two pick. Uh, I think that was a small part in that. But I remember I always said I watched I watched that game when they played Kentucky and he got completely annihilated by De'Aaron Fox. I'm That's like, how, how do you how do you ignore that? You know what I mean? How do you ignore that? Now, look, like, De'Aaron Fox is sitting on a max contract, and, and Lonzo is probably going to be a restricted free agent next year because he, he didn't get an extension, right? So yep. it is what it is. Like, it's like at the end of the day, that, that cream, as, you know, to lend to what you're saying, that cream is going to rise to the top. You know what I mean? So, like, the father's done a disservice to them in some ways, too, because he won't shut up. And like at, at this stage now, it's like okay, like like I heard the comments you're saying about like you know Lamelo needs to start. It's just like oh, just can you go away? We don't need to hear yeah. from you, you know. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, but like I said, yep. there's, there's some good rookies, man. Tyrese Halliburton, he's been better than I thought personally. He's actually shooting fifty percent from three, which is crazy. With like jacked up mechanics of his. Yeah, I know his his mechanics are jacked up, but he's he's still shooting fifty percent. I know I, it's early. I don't know how, how like how much that's gonna hold weight, but. I just find it crazy that he's he's actually shooting that high. Um, mm-hmm. Isaac Okoro has been good for Cleveland so far. He's a, he looks like he's going to be a good a good young player. Um, Patrick Williams on Chicago. Um, he's got very small, very small, tiny shades of Kawhi in him. Like just similar shooting style. It's slower motion, but um, he's got a similar shooting style, similar build, really lengthy. Um, I kind of like his game so far in Chicago, but again, he's not going to be uh, like a star for them yet because they got to figure out yeah. what they're doing with Zach Levine and all these talents that they have there. Um, yeah. But my rookie right now is uh, is Wiseman, man. Um, why? Why? Because look, I think I think part of it is I think he's got a bright future because you can see the talent in him right now. Again, he's averaging eleven and five. You know, I'm not even going to focus on the stats right now, but. I think he's he's got those raw tools to be really good, and I think the biggest thing is he got drafted to the he got drafted to the right team so that he doesn't have to. There's no pressure on him to like succeed right now. You know what I'm saying? Like he's in a position where he's in a championship culture. You know what I mean? And he's got guys who's been there. They know how to win. They know how to develop, and they're gonna try to get the best out of you. Like I, I think right now, like he, like basically, he's building good habits from a championship team. You know what I mean? Like a, a championship level kind of team, even though they're not that this season. But you know what I mean? Like that that championship yep. culture. So I, yep. I think he's right away. He's building good habits. He's not he's not losing. You know what I mean? He's not picking up the shitty habits that you that you that you pick up when you're on a on a shitty team and trying oh, to win for three years. So that I think that's that does exponentially great things for him. Um, of course. But I think it sets him up for like two to three years where like, you know, where, where Steph and Clay and these guys get older. If he can potentially be that guy, like if they find that he's going to be that guy, they're just going to toss the keys to him. Like, and if that happens, he's going to stretch their, their window of winning a little bit longer. You know what I mean? So I, like, I think I really think he's good, man. I think he's long and huge. He can move. Um, 
he's got great defensive awareness already. Like he's got a great touch. And again, like he's not going to accumulate the same stats as some of the other rookies because of the team that he's that he's around. And again, it's Steph's team, it's Steph's world. Um, but I think he's by far has the best. I think he has the best chance to like to have a really bright future and win. You know what I mean? Which is going to mean a lot for him. Um, who who's your MVP so far this year? If there's a top three, you don't have to rank them. But who's your top three MVP uh, candidates so far? Are you serious? Yeah, so, so far, so far, the first eighteen games, so far. Who would? I'm not saying to pick your MVP. I'm just saying who who would you say is like in your top three right now? Kawhi, Paul George, and Steph. Sorry, Kawhi, Paul George, and KD. No, okay. Kawhi, KD, and Steph. <laughs> you want to try it one more time? <laughs> Kawhi, KD, and Steph. Kawhi, KD, and Steph. Okay. Those are my those are my MVPs. Um. Yeah, Kawhi's having a normal, you know, great Kawhi season so far. Paul George, um, predictably is playing well because I didn't think he was. Everybody, it's funny. Like I feel like the hate went went too far left with him. You know, and everybody's ripping him and stuff. I'm like, yo, this guy yeah, is motiv- not trash. Motiv- like, motivation. Motivation. Yeah. I'm like, he's gonna come. I'm like, at some point, he's gonna snap out of this. Like, he's not. Well, all of a sudden, it's like yeah. we're trending. Like, yo, this guy sucks. It's like, okay, like let's. Let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit here. You yeah, know? motivation. People are riding off the lake of the Clippers, and I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm like, you know. And they love it, too. A guy like, you don't understand the mental makeup of players. If you think somebody like Kawhi Leonard, who goes to the San Antonio Spurs system, who's a winner, and you think after last season, he's going to duplicate, you know, he's going to come back and not make an adjustment and not do something differently to make sure. It's like, okay, we try, you know, we did it this way. Here's what we're going to learn from it. And he's not, you know, he's not doing what he's doing last year. He's not coming with the same mindset, right? And it's a different approach. And so these guys are locked in, right? They're locked in now. I think the Clippers are going to come in. They're going to beat the Lakers. Every time they play Lakers, they're going to dust them out, right? And it's gonna be like last year. People are like, oh yeah, you know, well yeah, they beat them, you know, you know the the, the LeBron apologists are like, yeah, yeah, it, it's nothing. But if the Clippers beat them, it's nothing. But if the Lakers win, you know, we're gonna have a parade for LeBron because he's thirty six, and Kawhi sucks, right? So they'll find an excuse, you know, when the Clippers beat the Lakers. But I guarantee you, I have the Clippers. Everybody has the Lakers. I have the Clippers going. I have the Clippers going coming out of the West. Yeah, I um, I I can't I can't argue with your um, with your top three. You know, I'm a, I'm a major fan of Steph, so um, I'll, I'll never knock it when you say he's a he's an MVP candidate. And he and honestly, he he, he really is right now. Um, he's he's already had some some crazy moments so far this season. Um, in no order, I would say, I would say right now, I would say LeBron. No, again, no order. I would say LeBron, KD, um, and I'll, and I would say Embiid. Oh yeah, Embiid. I forgot about Embiid. Yeah, I would say Embiid right now. Embiid's playing well this year. And, he and, just has to be consistent. I'm just waiting for him to be. You know, I was thinking about a player who surprised me, but I'm like, you know what? I was gonna say Embiid, but I'm like, you know what? This guy needs to be more consistent. Mm-hmm. When he does over a longer period of time, and then you know, I'll uh, I'll give him credit. But yeah, sorry, continue. No, no, I just. To kind of level to what you're saying before Paul, Paul, about Paul George, I feel like he's in the kind of in that same category. Like he was actually my dark horse prediction for being an MVP. 
um, just because I thought I figured motivation, right? Like you didn't have a great year last year. Um, you went out in the first round. You got swept, even though he played well. He, I mean, in the bubble anyway, you played he played well in the bubble. I mentioned this earlier, but when they're making their their list of you know top players at their position, top three when they're doing their GM survey, the GMs didn't even have him in their top three, mm-hmm. which I thought again is is insane. And I'm sure he read that, and I'm sure he must be hella insulted by that. And and then you got Doc Rivers, who's a guy that's gonna stick a needle in your ass when you're not playing well. You know, or, or or keep you, you know, keep you at a certain level of, of consistency. You know, I, I mean, God forbid we're not we're going <laughs> to ignore the uh, the Clippers last season with the Clippers with notwithstanding. But um, but, you know, throughout his career, he, he's going to he's going to stick a needle in the ass when he needs when he needs it. So, and I think he kind of needs that. Like listening to Brett Brown for five years. It was great. It was cool. You know what I mean? Like they, they had some success with it, but they needed another voice. And I think this voice is going to work. And 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 look, Doc Rivers is also motivated too. He's got that that stain of last season on his name. The fact that they flamed out in the second round and they didn't, they didn't meet the Lakers in the conference finals, like that's something he's, that's gonna that's gonna stick on his name. Like he has, you know, what was the record? Like he's he's like one and seven in an elimination game, something like that. Like that shit is on. Yeah, like that shit is on it. your name. He's gonna want to erase that. You know what I mean? You know, teams that gave up three one leads and right. Lost. Right, four that, times. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, like, there's a motivation with him too, right? So, um, and you're looking at at, at Embiid right now. The guy's averaging 27, like basically 28 and 11 and a half. But like, he's shooting less outside from the three point line anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. He's a great to me. He's always been a great talent. He's one of my top four players that I love watching to play every night. But, um, but with him, it's just as you as you said, it's like in terms of being a superstar. And just bringing it literally every night, like he doesn't always do that. Like it kind of underscores his talent that he has. So like, I'm not surprised by the season he's having because really and truly he should be doing this every year. I agree with you in that sense. Um, exactly. But no. Um, so my last, uh, my last question, being that we live in the GTA in the lockdown city of Toronto, a uh, Toronto. Let's talk about the Raptors a little bit. I know it's early. They're seven and ten as of this recording. Um, mm-hmm. This is by far their worst season that they've had since the the very beginning of the We the North era in 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on their start so far of the Toronto Bay Raptors? Um, what the Raptors are doing this year, I think, is what people expect them to do last year. Mm-hmm. It's also interesting to see how important. Guys like Ibaka and Paul Gasol are. Because you're always reminded that a lot of times it's not about the points, right? Exactly. Um, You affect the game in different ways. Because I used to always, as a young player, when I was playing D1, I always thought I played bad. Whenever I played, whenever I got into the game, I didn't score a lot. I, I I measured playing well by scoring a lot of points. And that's how a lot of young players, um, you know, measure success on the basketball court. And then I realized, you know, obviously after that, it's not. It's about making the right basketball plays, the right reads. You could have, you could go over twenty, over ten shooting a three point shot, and then um, you hit that one shot when it counts, or you take that charge when it counts. You make that great pass when it counts. Or you grab the rebound when it counts. But what, what, 
Mark Gasol gave you and Ibaka gave you were at least what Gasol was high IQ. He knew where to be. You know, he knew where to set the screen, like a solid screen, or when to rub. You know, when to slip the screen. Like he would go, like he went to the screen and went to slip. You know, quick ball movement, like little things like that. You know, when you're making quick ball movements, right read, you catch the ball. You know, you 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 make that bounce pass for the defense to react. Like all that little things, all those little things matter. And Absolutely. You know, um, and, and sometimes you forget about that because, you know, when you watch basketball, offense sells tickets. And so, you know, people, you know, you know, people get excited, you know, when they see guys putting in buckets, right? Like, you know, you know, like RJ, RJ Brett. RJ Brett's a great basketball player. He's not flashy. Just gets the job done, right? And, but people are like, oh, he sucks. I'm like, no, he doesn't, right? Because, but people expect flash, right? They want to see the flash. You want to see the, you know, ankle-breaking dribbles and the, the dunks. And sometimes it's not about that. Sometimes it's about less is more, keeping it simple, getting the job done. And the Raptors don't have that in those two big men. And at the end of the day, you know, I always say, who's your security blanket? When shit gets hectic, who do you know? Who do you go to? Who in the back of your mind you just feel comfortable and a sense of comfort? And I call it security blanket because it gives you a sense of comfort. Right. That, you know, that when we get into the situation, player X is going gonna, is gonna to take care of it. And the reason why I say that is because I remember feeling that way when I was in junior college. You know, Terrell, our, our leading scorer, his name was Terrell Baker, ended up going to Florida State. Like, I remember feeling that. Like when, because you always, you know, you 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 pay attention to the game. You, it's a, you know, as the game's going on, you can tell if the game if it's going to be a close game, it's going to be a back and forth tight game, or it's going to be a blowout. And then you know, certain things start going through your mind, like okay, where are we going to go to if it's a tight game? Who's going to be taking the shots? And so you know, we had Terrell Baker on our team, and um, that was, and that's when I first started like, like I remember experiencing that, like that recognizing that oh. Who do we need to go to, you know, for a shot? Like, all through Oakwood or whatever, you're just playing. Like, okay, let's get score, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I played with Greg Francis, and we want Austin and stuff like that. But, you know, it, it really, I didn't really start being aware of it until I was in Juco and playing and, you know, having Terrell as our security blanket, our comfort, you know. So when it was a close game, we knew Terrell was going to take over in the end and, you know, have to take a big shot or drive to the basket, make a big play. We already have... You know, we had our three-point shooter in our two-guard. Our point guard was going to run the show, bring the ball up. I was the utility guy. I was the guy that did everything. And, uh, you know, we had Koji, our center. So we, but Torello was our security blanket. And I think the Raptors don't have that. Like, nobody, Pascal's, and, you know, I also talk about this, and I, I also think about in the in the past, like, with the Canadian national team when they didn't have, when Steve Nash wasn't playing. And basketball is such a mental part of the game. Like, when you're going up against a team, you look at their roster, and who puts fear in the other team? There's certain teams, like, I'll see KD. You go up against KD, you're like, oh, my God, we're going to play the Nets. we got KD. And then you got Kyrie, and you got James Harden, right? But before, let's say we're just KD, right? Whatever team was like. Or you go up against LeBron. Or you go up going against Dave Lillard. Like, who on the Raptors is putting fear in these guys? You're not double-teaming these guys. Right, you know, you know, Pascal when he gets when you know when Pascal gets to the key, he's going to start spinning around. He's going to go left, right, spin, right, go back. Like he's working so hard to score, and then yeah, you can run somebody get a you know when he's spinning to get a steal. But you're not really going to double team anybody, 
You know what I mean? Like, who are you worried about beating you? Like, nobody puts any fear in your heart. And, you know, you have to have that guy. Like, the Raptors had Kawhi. Kawhi put fear in people's heart. Right? Kawhi, people knew that Kawhi was a, you know, was a machine. Terminator, cold-blooded killer. No emotion is going to come out and, and kill you. So, the Raptors, doesn't, they don't have that guy. They don't have that guy who puts fear in anybody's heart. And if you don't have that guy, people are going to come at you. Right, they're gonna come at me, and you know it, they are who they are. You know they could tell themselves, "Yeah, we're gonna win." I'm like, "No, you're not. You're not gonna win <laughs> because guys are gonna lock you up." You know, like I don't know. You listen to these guys talking, like, "Yeah, I know we got a good team." And I'm like, "No, no, no, you're not. You're not." And, because and, who? And that's who's a, gonna hit the big shot? And who's that's gonna a, go to who's gonna hit the big shot. And that's the thing right? too, though, right? Because. The hard part about losing Serge and and Gasol isn't just about size. I know I've been mentioning this before, but especially with Gasol, Gasol scoring wise, he just wasn't the same guy. You know, I, I think even coming yeah. to the Raptors initially, he wasn't the same guy scoring wise at this point. Like, like he kind of fell off a little bit in that aspect. But mm-hmm. you could still run the offense through him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So at number one, you're drawing the big out from the paint. But, like, he's hitting guys with, with, with cuts and passes and, you know, like, because you know the vessel you can run the offense through. And yeah. I, I think that was a big loss. Like, <laughs> losing Serge, obviously, it goes without saying that was a huge loss for the Raptors. But I think Gasol yeah. was huge because, like, Kyle and, and, and Fred doesn't, uh, you know, they don't have, you don't have to, like, completely depend on them running the offense every single time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he can make those passes, too. He can hit you for, for like, a, a backdoor screen. He can hit the right screen, he can, you know, swing it out, you know, for, you know, for a three-point shot. Like, these are yep. the things that he can do. And, like, yep. losing that and not and not having anybody to replace that is tough, you know? And, I mean, yep. it goes without saying, yeah, they're a small team and everything else right now, and they're definitely going to have to make a trade or pick somebody up that, that gives them some sort of size. Like, I know people are, are talking about, like, you know, like, looking at Cleveland's direction to see if they can snap up uh, Jared Allen or one of these guys and or, or even Drummond. And, I mean, that's cool, but, like, you know, like Drummond, number one, costs about $27 million, so you're not going to get him for free. And yeah. and then he's a free agent at the end of the year. Does that make sense? Probably not. You, you may but, as well just wait yeah. until next summer. If you, Drummond's if you not that guy either. And he's not, not that guy, guy either. Exactly. And he's not that guy not either. That guy. Even though he's playing well, better. Even though he's playing I'd better, rather, but he's not that guy either. I'd rather just stay with Pascal Siakam. He's not that guy. Drummond's not that guy. Yeah. So Drummond's not Drummond's not winning you a championship. He's not even he's not even number one option. The guy's a number three option. Not a number one or two. Right. He's playing well because they're shitty teams. But you know, I, I think going all in for, for Giannis or in a sense trying to clear that cast space and having him re sign back with Milwaukee, I don't know, like I said, where you're gonna go from here because like what's the landscape? What what do you do going forward to try to get that number one guy? Do you I, like right now, there's nobody on that roster that's gonna really fill that spot, you know. Like I think Siakam had a great year last year, but you oh, know. Bradley Beal still on the Wizards, right? You can still go for him, sure. You can go get Bradley Beal, man. That's yeah, that's the other option uh, too. Go get Bradley. Bradley Beal is that guy. Yeah, go get Bradley Beal. Go get Bradley Beal. I will get Bradley Beal. Al Lowry, Norm Powell. Uh, Boucher, I'll give them like four guys for Bradley Beal, <laughs> and, and and I'm serious. Keep keep Pascal. Keep go Fred. get Bradley Beal. You already have the point guard in um, Fred. In the guy, that, the rookie, he's solid. You know, 
Oh, um, um, oh my God, I'm yeah. losing oh, track of his name. Yeah, he was. Yeah, a, yeah I know you're talking about. Yeah. I can't Let remember his name right now. Yeah. So you know, you got Fred VanVleet, or if they want Fred VanVleet, even Fred VanVleet too. I don't really care. Go get Bradley Beal. Go get Bradley Beal. You need a big shot maker. You need yeah. a guy that will put fear in other teams' heart. Nobody fears Pascal Siakam with his jump shot because it's too inconsistent. His mechanics, he doesn't. Like I didn't want to go, on, you know, get technical, and start going into shooting mechanics. Like it's it's fool's gold, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know he's streaky. You're gonna hit at early when you're fresh, and then because you're all arms, you don't incorporate your legs in your shot, right? And you don't have a mid range. Pascal Siakam needs to work on his core and his legs. This guy is six nine, six ten, and he does layups. He's not above the rim. I know. He doesn't play above the rim. What happens to him with that though? Because he wasn't like that before. Guy has people completely beat, and he's laying the ball up like he's a five, like he's a five nine point guard. This guy should be tearing off the rim, right? And he's still young enough, you know. I don't say you have to dunk everything, but geez, man, this time he's going to the rim for a layup, and guys are blocking his shot. I'm like, dude, he should be mashing up the rim. But then I, when you look at him play, he doesn't, he doesn't bend. He doesn't bend. No, he you're right. Get low. You're right. Drop his hips. He doesn't bend. But but on but, but where did that come from though? Because he didn't start off like that. Like even even in that year when they're winning the championships, if he came down the lane, he was catching the dunk. So I'm like, I don't know where this this came from now. Where all of a sudden, as you, I totally agree with you. Like he's just, I was saying this earlier this year. I'm like, did he just forget to dunk? Like like doesn't he try to dunk on guys? Anymore? What the hell's going on here? He's finessing stuff. Like I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Rip off the, he should be ripping off the rim even more, Virgin. I don't say you got to do it every time, Pascal. But like, come on, man. It's one thing if, 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 you know, especially when guys are coming to challenge your shot. It's much rip off the rim guy. Giannis is tearing off the rim and he's older. You should be tearing off the rim. Yeah. Right? And because he doesn't bend, that's why he doesn't have a mid-range. He doesn't bend. And that's why his threes start failing him as you start getting later on into the game and they become inconsistent. So you can't, you're not going to count on him to hit big shots. And nobody, and everybody knows that he's not going to make big shots in the end. But you can't, I don't trust that shooting, the shooting mechanics of his to make mm-hmm. big shots. It's tough for Fred Van Fleet and Kyle Lowry because they're small, right? So you get a good guard, you know, guys are going to start sitting on them, get their hands up. You know, the guards that are athletic and quick enough to keep them in front and move their feet. That's why when you look in some of the end of these game situations that Van Fleet has the ball, it's hard for him to get a shot off. These guys are like, come on, man. Yeah, he's got to work hard cold. to get it. He's, yeah, he's tough, yeah, though. He works like, so hard. He's tough, but he's got to work. Like, yeah. He's got to work really hard he, to get those, those baskets off. Especially, fast, especially now enough. with somebody else not... Like like I said, like a Gasol not there to kind of like be another person you can run the offense to. Right. So there you go. So get Bradley Beal. He's gonna put fear in guys' heart because they know when shit starts getting hectic. But you can clear up for Bradley Beal. He's gonna bust guys' ass. He's gonna just cross guys over, get to the rim. You can send him up. So I would make the push for Bradley. And he's Beal. there for the taking because right now they're they're what they're one of the worst teams in the in the um in the in the, in the NBA. I was gonna say the conference, but the NBA. They're three and nine. They've had this break. It doesn't look like um, the the pairing with him and and um, and Westbrook is gonna is gonna pay dividends right now at this point because of COVID and like just it's just everything's in flux with that team right now. So I mean, even last even tonight they they lost by twenty to Houston. Um, but it just yeah, they just it's just not looking right. And they lost Thomas Bryant for the year too. So yeah. Bradley. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't dispute that. Like that's probably yeah, the one guy that you know the rumor yeah. to get. If, if of course if the Lakers don't get him now that uh, <laughs> Brooklyn made their move. <laughs> but uh, let's let's see. If, but, I, if 
if I'm Bradley Beal, I'm not going to the Lakers. Your numbers, you're gonna, your game's going to suffer playing with LeBron James. Well, especially with him as being the scorer that he is. Yeah, I thought somebody showing me, posted the stats. Players' numbers literally drop when they play with LeBron James. It literally goes down. And then it goes back up when they're not playing with LeBron James. Now, people say that they win, but I'm like, yeah, do they? Kyrie's, do they prob- Kyrie's probably the only one where it didn't, it didn't suffer. Yeah, I'm like, do they really win? He's 4 for 10. I mean, there's times where guys just lost. The numbers will suffer and they lost. They might have got to the finals or close, but so I mean, at that point, you want to be winning the chip. If you're going to sacrifice all that stuff, it's winning the chip. Yeah. But uh, no, don't go to Lakers. Come to the Raptors, right? Still run the East, right? Well, the Brooklyn anymore, but right. But there's still a cult, there's still a culture there. You still got Masai. That's yeah. That's a great GM yeah. that's willing to make moves. He's not afraid. Obviously, you can see he's not afraid to make any move. Um, exactly. Yeah. Go for Bradley Beal. Yeah, you need somebody that's going to put fear in the other team's hearts. When they see the Raptors, they're going to be like, okay, you got to go see uh, Bradley Beal's on that team. Yeah. And he's, a, nobody, and he's a legit, no he's a legit star. With, he's a he's a legit star with playoff experience. Um, yeah. and like I said, you're right. He fit. He does fit right in. But it's yeah. But they got to do something though, because I don't. All these, you know, Pascal's getting paid. You know, superstar money. He's not a superstar. He's a third option, second, third option at best. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, it's Fred. Fred. Fred is a guy that you know he come off the bench on other teams. You know and, I mean? and even if he starts, I don't have a problem with that. But it's just again. Oh, like, me neither. Yeah, but, but, just, but it's based on the like you know if you look at the Raptors, yeah, of course you can start on the Raptors. Yeah, right? and and, and, last, and last year it worked because again you had guys you could you could you had other guys you could run the offense to, and then you had Serge yeah. who would play well as a big, and yeah. they don't have either of those yeah. things right now. I mean Boucher, yeah. I love him, I love him. Montreal stand up, but you know you can't depend on him to to anchor the paint like he's too light. Too light. <laughs> You know? I'm surprised these guys these guys are not barbecue chicken is and cave in his chest already. Like yeah, what like but, what Shaq like what Shaq would do to Matumbo. But it's a different league now, right? These the, the, a lot of these bigs now can't even you're you're see you're seeing bigs now get the ball on somebody like half their size and don't know what to do with it. Yeah. So yeah. so he's in the right era right now when it comes to that. But yeah. but yeah. Yeah, but, no, I don't the Raptors like, the Raptors need to get uh, you know, they need to get a they need to go get a killer, man. Somebody that's gonna put fear in people's hearts. Yeah, and they don't have that, and they're working too hard to score. And you know, it's right now. It's there's no alpha. There's no everything is uh damn. Austin Rivers is five for five from the three point line, ten for ten. He hasn't missed a shot. Wow. So that's that's a no, should be a, should have gotten a notable uh, mention for. Uh, He's been playing good. Um, there, but yeah, yeah. But the Raptors, like, who are you going to go? One night it's one night it's it's was it Ananobi? Pascal's, you know, is a you know, you don't know when he's going to show around, show up. And uh, you know, Kyle's. I don't think Kyle had a big game this year yet. Uh, he's just been consistent. He just played. Kyle's just a basketball player, so he's going to play hard night in and night out. Yeah, he's he's, he's been there, he's probably been their best player so far this year. But it's just, but it's nothing outstanding though. Yeah, you know, um, so again, who are you turning to? When shit gets hectic, who are you turning to? Yeah. That's, that's what I want to know. Who are you going to turn to when shit gets hectic? That, you know, when you're, when you're sitting there on the edge of your seat, you know, and you need a bucket, you know, who who, do you, who do you know is going to deliver and give, it, and give you that bucket? So it, it well, good makes, luck with the Raptors. It makes it tough. Like I said, they're, they're, um, 
Yeah, like you, like I didn't realize how undermanned they were. I think until I watched like their first game <laughs> when they played, um, yeah. when they played the the Pelicans, and I'm like, "Ooh, this isn't good." Like just watching like the first two quarters, I was like, "Okay." And and again, I, and Masai we trust, so you know he's got things up his sleeve, um, you know, and and I think that's like probably the biggest. Like as you're saying, you know, to go get Beal, that's the biggest thing, and I think that the other one and one A. I think the one A is is making sure you lock down Messiah to a long term deal. Um, he's up right. for he's, he's up at the end of the year. So is Bobby Webster. Nobody signed an extension they, yet. They, they just signed. I heard they just signed Bobby Webster. Oh, did they? Okay, well, okay, that's good. But um, but you know, you want Messiah in the fold too, right? So um, mm-hmm. those are the two most important things right now. They got to get so um, so we'll see. We'll see. You know, it's, it's Canada's team. It's the, the local team. So, you know, well, not this year. They're like I said, the, the Toronto Bay Raptors right now, but, um, you know, but she, but she's still, you know, even though we're, we're there, you know, you're looking way, you know, down South to follow what they're doing, it's, but you still, you know, you still want to pay attention to show a little love, but, um, it's, yeah, it's going to be a hard year this year. <laughs> it's going to be, um, it's not going to be easy. Um, any last thoughts before we wrap up? Like what do you expect, uh, what do you expect uh, going for at least this the second quarter of the season? You see any any teams just making that leap coming off I mean, that, think, coming off that coast? The coast. I think. I think. Yeah, I think what I think what we talked about earlier. The teams that we expect to do well and the players we expect to do well will will start, you know, stepping up and um, and, and 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 at least that's what I'm hoping. Yeah, and so. Um, yeah, I'm hoping you know, the, the games, games get better. The games will be better, and you know, because last year I remember, you know, even though the reg- regular season, I was excited to watch games, and there's a lot of exciting games that were on, and so um, not so much this year. I don't feel myself being excited about some of the games, but you know, hopefully, um, you know, um, and that's my hope that guys are just pacing themselves right now, and as they start moving closer to the halfway mark. And past halfway mark, you know, they'll, they'll start getting their shit together for to make that playoff push, and uh, you know, making sure that they they're in the proper seating and proper positioning yeah. um, to do well in the playoffs. Yeah, I hope so too. Like I said, I, I'm hoping that there will be better play, and um, and and I'm kind of slightly rooting for an All Star game. Um, yeah, you know, just just so just so we can, you know, again, because like, I feel like we're going to be in this lockdown situation for a while longer. It just gives us something else to watch. Uh, yeah. <laughs> football yeah. season's almost over. College will be done soon. Um, if the yep. All Star Games in March, it just gives us something else to watch. Uh, but I'm hoping yep. for better basketball for sure. Yeah, me too. With that said, sir, thank you for you know hopping on this this edition of the Half Podcast, man. It's, you know, as always, it's uh, it's been a pleasure. Um, oh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. So, uh, so we'll definitely chop it up later in the season, and you know, come back and revisit these points. Uh, throughout the year and um and and hopefully um yeah ho- hopefully your um what you call it your spurs uh <laughs> your spurs yeah. pick it up yeah trade, i enjoy watching the them though i'm not, i'm not going to lie i enjoy watching them play but but uh but like i said it's just they're, 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 not they're winning yeah they're not going to win but they're they're missing that star they're missing that yeah. that, that guy get rid of, Mar- get rid of Lamarcus Aldridge Mm. Don't trade. Keep the Rosen. Get rid of Aldridge, and bring in bring in a, a bona fide superstar. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. 
Thank you for tuning into the latest episode of the Av Podcast. Special shout out goes out to O'Neal Kamaka for spending time on the Av to discuss the first quarter of the NBA season with me. I appreciate that, sir. Um, now, before we go, just to give you some of the announcements, uh, we'll be back next week with another episode, which will be breaking down uh, Super Bowl 55 in Tampa. I can't believe the Buccaneers are going to be playing a Super Bowl in their home stadium. That's that's crazy. That in itself is unbelievable. Um, with that said, though, we're going to dive into all of that. Plus, we're going to give out our NFL awards. And if anything else pops off in the sports world that makes it undeniable to ignore, I'm going to touch on that as well next week. Um, we got some more episodes coming in February, especially regarding the NBA. We have an anniversary episode about a very extremely very necessary and classic album coming up and with the lockdown happening i may add some episodes on some reviews on movies and shows that you could watch some old some new uh i'll figure it out and that's probably gonna happen at the end of the month uh plus i still have part two of the, of the aftermath of the u.s election to do um that will definitely be done during february um, I had to move the date of the next episode of The Stoop, which won't be on February 2nd as originally planned. It's going to be the week after. Um, I'll keep you posted on the exact date, uh, but that's going to be the week after for sure, for sure. Um, but go ahead and check out the South Sharaf YouTube channel. Go ahead, like and subscribe to the channel. Uh, we're going to be doing some fun stuff up on there this year, so come along for the ride, please. Hit the like button, the favorite button, wherever you listen to South Sharaf. And check out SashaRav.com to check out my entire catalog of podcast shows. Once again, the SashaRav.com. For Neil Kamaka, this is Cal C. And you just tuned in to the Av Podcast on SashaRav Radio. Until the next podcast, folks, have a good weekend. Peace. We out.